Hello and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoons, the weekly podcast that revisits, reviews, and ridicules some of the world's weirdest animated series. Coming to you from the 26th century, I'll be your co-host, Dave Trumbor. Joining me as always from his 57 Chevy, it's Sean Paul Ellis. How's it going, sir? Oh, David, 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 I'm doing well, buddy. How about yourself? I can't hear you over the rev of that engine. Vroom, vroom! Vroom, vroom. (laughs) As a 57 Chevy sounds in the 26th century. I'll tell you what, these these cars are... uh, Quite durable to last, oof, what, four or five hundred yeah. years? I can't even do the maths at this point. In in hindsight, yeah. I should have always been buying uh, an older Cadillac. ABC, and, and always yeah, buy Cadillacs. Always buying Cadillacs. Yeah. Should have been ABCing it up mm-hmm. because, you know, what's what's more important than the, the durability of American muscle in that sense because when you buy a car, the last thing you want to do yep. is have to think to yourself like, oh my God, I'm going to have to deal with all the maintenance for this. There's so much hassle, all the things. Look, I don't know how many people are going to going to attack and try to ambush my car. Yeah. I don't know how and when I'm going to be in a random desert and then in a jungle. Or like a stampede of like things with horns or like things yeah. with sharp teeth that are 30 feet tall. You don't know. That look like dinosaurs that we're all familiar with, but they're called other bullshit things. Yeah. It's, you know, bullshit things. tit for tat. Bullshit things. This show is called Cadillacs and Bullshit Things. <laughs> no, it did. It did oh, take God. some. It did take some. Uh, some pausing of this episode. Some research on our end to be like, what are you talking about? What are you crazy future people talking about? There are a lot of new terms that get thrown out in this. Where you, they, they'll say something, and and or to the uh, to the credit of the writers. Yeah. They were doing a great job with some world building yeah. things, dropping in some little tiny nuggets here. But there were so many nuggets. I mean, it was literally like ordering a twenty-piece chicken nugget. It's a lot and being of nuggets. Like, um, yeah, it's I a lot of nuggets for anybody. I think you can get up to like one forty-four. I think you can get a gross of nuggets. Really? Because they're gross. That's oh. Ask our buddy Jason gross. Woods. He knows about bulk nuggets. Bulk nuggets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a former guest, Jason Woods. Mm-hmm. Um, we will, uh, you know, it, it's it's interesting to see a show that has such a, a rich history and tapestry of different phrases and terminology. It has its own, like, ostensibly, it has its own lexicon. Oh, definitely. It absolutely and, does, because we had to look it up. And I really wish that at some point they would have been like, hey, we're going to fill you in on a little bit of backstory about what some of this Cadillacs and bullshit stuff uh, pertains to. Because otherwise, you're sitting there just like, ooh, I got to wiki this. And I can imagine that in 93... Yeah. There was no wiki no. for you to be able to pull out. Real hard to wiki to stuff. It. it was just like before the internet. Oh, before if the you wiki. didn't read the comic books yeah, exactly. leading up to the premiere of this show, you were lost. Super lost. And you didn't have the capacity to pause a thing unless you recorded it on a VHS tape. Ugh, and then guys. you sat there and you took notes and you probably made this wiki. So we want to thank you, possibly 40, 40 year old man who did this for us so thank you very much you're the best you're but the i best. mean we've got bullshit things like cutter shivet mac sandbuck wahanchuck whiptail just fuck they're just dinosaurs just call them dinosaurs. old blood me- old blood mechanic old blood mechanic and the machia i can't even say it oh do, can you not I, I wrote it down somewhere but i don't have it in front of mac what is it it's the mac it's the mackie auto vitae i heard it sounded like caramel macchiato to me but what it what it actually sounds like was uh uh macchinadio vitae macchinadio vitae macchinadio macchinadio vitae or macchinadio vitae it sounded like 
It sounded like somebody introducing themselves on an NFL game. Like, I'm Macanario Vitae from South Florida Central University. I didn't know what the hell they were saying half the time. I like Macchiato with a tie. Macchiato with a tie. We'll stick with that. Carlo Macchiato Macchiato with a tie. tie. Yeah. Grande. Mm. But the funny thing is, with all this other bullshit things going on, when somebody asks, hey, what is that machine you're driving around? Oh, it's a Cadillac. It's a Cadillac. (laughs) Fuck you. It's a Cadillac. Ugh. But yeah, we're talking Cadillacs and dinosaurs tonight. Before we get too crazy about this, John, buddy, let's give let's give the listeners out there some history of this show. Oh boy! All right, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs is an American Canadian animated television series which aired on CBS Kids in the United States from 1993 to 94, lasting for one season of 13 episodes, based on the comic book of the same name by Mark Schultz, formerly titled Zena. Xenozoic Tales. The show was created by screenwriter Stephen E. DeSouza, who acquired the TV rights after producing the video game Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. The show dealt with many strong ecological and political issues that were central to the plot development. One major, one major focus was the question of how the dinosaurs managed to reemerge after they were thought to be extinct. Man, I yeah. wish we would have. How'd you figure that one out, DeSouza? <laughs> How'd you sneak that little tricky fucker in there? I wish we would have looked into that more because I didn't follow up on how this happened. So unfortunately tonight, we will not reveal that particular mystery. Because I only watched, oh. I watched two and a half episodes about. Okay. Uh, but in order, I didn't get to all 13, unfortunately. And I'm, I'm happy to say that I had never seen these episodes before, but after watching the first one, I was like, this is actually pretty cool. I'd like to check out more of these. I wish I saw these as a kid, but what about you? Did you have a familiarity with these from actually growing up in this time? You know, I, I, I knew that the video game existed, and I think that that was the extent of my knowledge. I think it was a Super Nintendo game, maybe? I'm not even sure. But it was sort of one of those like side-scrolling, uh, like, okay. beat-em-up, sort of like Golden Axe style, oh, cool. or uh, like Final Fight. Did you get to play as a dinosaur at all? No, I think really? we played as one of the the three main characters that we we met in the show tonight. Okay, and so I so I don't either what like a, like Gearhead, Tits a Poppin', or one of the other <laughs> random characters, or a guy from Lion King. Guy from Lion King. Guy okay. with Lion King name. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Did you play as Tits a Poppin'? Uh, no, but we should probably we'll get into her. We, yeah, we, uh, we'll get into that. Whoa, phrasing. <laughs> we'll edit that out. Yikes! Yeah. No, we won't. No, we won't. Uh, so. Yeah, I uh, I did not I did not play the game, but I believe that you could play as the female character Hannah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yes. Did, does the name Stephen E. DeSouza does that ring a bell for you at all? Uh, I want to say, didn't he work on X Men: The Animated Series? I didn't see that. He very well could have. Uh, let me see if some of these movie properties or other shows ring a bell. How about Forty Eight Hours and Another Forty Eight Hours? Have you heard of that? Oh yeah. Have yeah, you heard absolutely. of uh, The Running Man? Uh, oh, yeah, with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, Arnold. Have you heard of Die yeah. Hard and uh, the sequel? Oh, have I? Yeah, so yeah, this guy's actually pretty prolific as far as uh, TV and movies goes. But it's kind of cool that he had this cartoon to his name, too. So definitely want to kind of keep an eye. His, his more recent efforts, you know, he did the Flintstones. He did, I think, Beverly Hills Cop 3, which a lot of people think is the, well... I think rightfully so probably think is the weakest of that franchise <laughs> and there's some other things of late that are not as great but i mean he's turned in some real classic stuff so it's just kind of a surprise to see somebody of that caliber actually focusing on you know mid 90s cartoon series too so i thought that was kind of cool well and i cool. think it's one of the the great ideas about this is that having somebody who will actually 
who has that experience, right. who's worked on those projects, that this was probably at the time that he was working on it, this was hopefully, fingers crossed, something that he really cared about. And I think a lot of that showed in the actual cartoon itself. It seemed like it. There, there did seem to be like a real quality perspective from behind the scenes that kind of came through to the forefront, which we'll talk about as we go through the show. Uh, as for what it's actually about, so the series followed the exploits of Jack Tenrec and his crew of ecological freedom fighters known as the Mechanics square off against their opposition, which included the Council of Governors and Hammer Terhoon's gang. That's about as simple as we can put it. There's basically a future time where Cadillacs are still around and dinosaurs exist, and there's a lot of weird kind of like clan tribal warfare that goes on. Um, We'll talk about that more once we get into the plot. Before we do that, what do you think about this theme song tonight? Oh man, Uh, you know, we've had this the last couple weeks with theme songs. Uh, what was it, two weeks ago, we would have had Sky Commanders, um, you know, where we sort of got like a like a narrative of everything that was going on. Yeah. Again, we are in, we're ha- we have a cartoon again, which I think Sky Commanders was also 13 episodes, so maybe it's the 13-episode yeah. hallmark 13 episode of, curse. of cartoons where you have a very, very narrative plot-driven, uh, or uh, you have a very... The exposition for your intro is crazy, crazy long because you have so much world building that you you want to kind of get out of the way and you want to address and right. kind of live in that fun reality that you've created for yourself. And so, uh, I will say that this was a, you know, this was a, a straight recycled introduction that we've seen. Most of the animation came from episode one, right. uh, so it was really kind of fun to, and kind of weird also to watch sort of like a condensed version of the episode that I was about to watch. The funny thing is that the rest of it that didn't come from one pretty much came from two. Came from two. So very, very cliff notes in that sense. But, you know, you get an idea of, uh, of the idea. You get a sense of the idea of what the stakes are, what has actually happened to the world and sort of where you are in terms of our timeline. So, you know, you get 26th century forces of nature spiraled out of control Cities have crumbled. Dinosaurs have reclaimed Earth? Question mark. Also, why? But we're not going to address that. No worry. Uh, you you get one man stands alone. <laughs> with Jack all, Tenrack. With all these people around him. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> with a swarm of people that won't seem to leave him alone. Yeah. Uh, defending humanity in a world gone mad, uh, where only the strong survive. And then you just get some of like the weirdest organ music in the background that just keeps like popping in and out. And I'm just like, what, what is going on what here? Mad but, cra- Do you remember the cartoon where there was actually a mad person playing an organ that was in like a cloud? There, there was a, a city. I'll give you the, a hint. There was a city zone that inside of this zone was kind of cloudy. And there was organ music, which once it cleared, revealed an actual organ player. Do you remember the cartoon? Was it was it Spiral it Zone. It was Spiral Zone, and that yeah. just made me laugh for no reason. Stupid organ player. But no, we didn't see an organ player in this one. We just uh, heard their mad music. I want to think that if they did pan to the side, it just would have been a dinosaur playing the organ. That'd be great. And I would have been like, oh, it was, that's adorable. It was just Hermes over there with his little talons. <laughs> his little his little Allosaur talons. Oh. I will say this, oh, though, God. or, well, go ahead. What what were the last thing, what's the last thing you hear from this theme song? Oh, uh... It's literally just the title, because the guy, no, he's just... like, a future world crumbling, 
Cyclops. Only the strong survive. A world of Cadillacs and dinosaurs. <laughs> he delivers it so well, but it made me laugh every time I heard it. Um, I will say this. This is a theme song that actually follows up on what the title is. And it promises you that there are Cadillacs and dinosaurs to come. So I will give it points for that. Guess what? what? And it delivers in spades. Oh, yeah. This show is nothing but Cadillacs and so dinosaurs. So much of everything. Oh, so many I mean, dinosaurs. So if you were looking to provide a critique yeah. and you were thinking to yourself, if you were judging a book by its cover and looking at this and just going, oh, this Cadillac and dinosaurs better have Cadillacs and dinosaurs. Mm. Oh, man, you are going to rate this a 10 out of 10, 10 my of friend. 10. Or as we'll see in some of our user reviews, an 8 out of 10, which is also a 3.5 out of 5. But anyway, we'll get to that yeah, later. I don't understand It doesn't that. matter. Can I, can I ask a really quick question? Sure. And this is, this is I was thinking about this earlier, just in terms of, of personal interests. And so I think, so we've obviously identified that this show contains Cadillac, yep. Cadillacs. This show contains Cadillacs right. and dinosaurs. Correct. So um, if you are not on board with both or really sort of like if you're interested yeah. in one and not the other it's kind of hard for you to really kind of fit into this i feel like a ford guy shows. if you're like a ford guy and like a mastodon guy right look like, up fords and mastodons it's a much better series for you yeah. just for you <laughs> i'm saying just ford fiestas and raptors if you can find like, it yeah yeah good luck so the the thing that was always interesting to me is that there have been shows that have come out that have had cars or like another subject matter that I haven't been interested sure. in, but it's the way that it's presented right. that it's sort of a, it's sort of tertiary to the main story itself um, because you actually care about the things that are going on. And so I think that that's always what's interesting about a show and about who's writing for these shows. Uh, when I watch the league, I'm not a big, I'm not a big professional football person myself right, or like the fantasy uh, league or anything behind that right yeah. and I, I i've played in a couple fantasy leagues yeah. and i've always just goofed around and tried to do it based on math sure like based on like probability and stuff like that and so it's been one of those things that i've never really taken seriously because my names are always goofy or mean-spirited towards other people <laughs> that i'm playing right with, or my team name is mean-spirited so uh like the league that's a prime example Fast and the Furious. Guess what? I hate cars. I hate cars more than anything. But when I watch a Fast and the Furious movie, I suddenly love cars. And that two-minute span, I have a newfound love for cars that is something that I never thought that I possessed in my life. Because it's about family. It's about family. It's about family. <laughs> about family and a round pound of mound. And so, you know, it's just... Round pound I love that every installment of Fast and Furious... This is not factually accurate, but in my mind it is. Ends with a barbecue <laughs> where even the dead people come back and join the picnic table. It's my favorite thing. Oh, God. That happened so recently good. in an episode of something, which I can't remember, but it was hilarious. I was like, oh, fuck, did they just pull a Fast and Furious <laughs> on this, like, CW drama? You did not. Uh, that was great. Yeah, get your shit together, Flash. Stop fucking with the time. It's about lights. family. It's about family. So, you know, with uh, with shows like that, it's always it's always interesting. Because I'll be honest with you, coming into it, I was like, I don't know how they're going to sell me on the whole car aspect yeah. of this. But you got me sold on the dinosaur. Oh, yeah. From the get go. I'm on board. Which so which honestly, like balance, like the balance of this was way heavy on the dinosaur, which is smart because right. it's 1993. Yeah. You've already had dino riders, dino saucers. You've had Denver the dinosaur. You've had Jurassic Park come out this year. 
Yeah. Uh, I don't know the timing of this as far as the months go, but I mean, obviously a huge year for dinosaurs. So. And really, this this show itself was sort of like, uh, and I have to say, friend of the show, Melanie Harker, yeah. uh, came up with this. So I want to give her credit. She was like, this show is really sort of like if you combined Mad Max and Jurassic Park. 100%. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's a winning exactly combo. That's a winning fucking combo. That's like a great Sozo was just like, I'm going to put these two things together. If they could, if they would have said Mad Max, if this would have been called Mad Max and <laughs> Jurassic Park colon catalogs and dinosaurs, I would have been like, oh, yeah, Perfect. I'm totally 100% on board with this. Yeah. This sounds great. Actually, like D'Souza, I mean, once Die Hard came out, there's, you know, the, the prophetic story that everything, every script that followed that was like, Die Hard meets fill in the blank. So everybody used Die Hard as a, uh, a placeholder for just like, it's, a, it's an action movie that's contained, but it's got these kind of elements that we're looking for, plus we're adding this thing. So it would be like Die Hard and Dinosaurs, or Die Hard and Cadillacs. <laughs> so it's the same kind of thing, where it's just like what's called a uh, low concept, or sorry, what's called a high concept uh, approach, where it's just basically okay. like Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. That's it. That's all you need to know. Yeah. And then they fill it out and flush it out as they go, which I thought that part was really cool. I actually really hate the name Cadillacs and Dinosaurs because it sounds stupid to me and it actually takes away from how good the show actually is. Um, but it's a, it's a good kind of catchy, hooky name. I just don't particularly like it. Yeah, but I, I definitely don't think that, what was it, uh, Xenozoic Yeah, Tales which was the original comic. had the same ring to no. it. No, so for me as like a sci-fi nerd and a nerdy kid anyway, that probably would have been cooler for me. I would have been like, oh, that's neat. I'm going to check that out. The Anthemic Tales. I would have pushed my glasses up as they slid down my nose, and I would have read the comics, and then they changed it to Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. I would have been like, yeah, that's fine. I guess. <laughs> but to your point, yeah. in terms of uh, fleshing out the rest of this world, yeah. let's uh, let's let's quick run down some of these characters. We've talked about uh, Jack, Jack uh, Tenrick. Jack Tenrick. Do you think um, he was named did... because he was born on a highway that had a crash pile up. There were 10 cars like a, wrecked. Yep, you took the words right out of my mouth. That's 100% what I think happened. I can't, I don't know, I can't because, even. You know, it's, it's, it's like the most, it's the one of the easiest approachable white guy names oh, yeah. with a last name that just was like, what does he do? Does he drive? Oh, I don't know. Maybe we could call him like uh, Jack uh, Wrench Arm. And they're like, eh, I don't know. Yeah, he doesn't really have a wrench arm, no, though. he doesn't have that, so that's false advertising. They're like, how many times in this episode should he probably wreck his car? I don't know, like, eight, I don't ten. Know, maybe like nine, ten, yeah. ten, ten, ten wrecks. wrecks probably, ten wrecks ten. is probably good. Oh, got it. Just ten wreck it. Jack ten wreck. Like, Nailed it. Just Jack ten wreck. Got it. Put that on the wall. <sighs> I think it's We really don't have enough money for a marker board, so just put it, write it on the wall. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, right. I think it's really challenging when when the last name of your titular character for this, like of your title character, somebody who's supposed to carry this show, is you just playing like a word association game. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. So I'm assuming that all these guys and names go back to the original comics. So I'm gonna put that on the the I'm gonna put that on Schultz, the comics writer. But I mean Hannah Dundee, all right, do you think she's a do you think she's because of the crocodile dundee? Fame at the 80s? I mean, absolutely, Think 100%. So? Right. so this this woman, let's say this, yeah. she knows how to dress Does in the wilderness. Does she, though? Is she jungle ready? She 100% ready? knows how to dress. Is she yeah. jungle oh, ready? She's, 
I would go on a safari with Oh, hell Hannah yeah, Dundee. I'd love to. But I mean, like, if a stiff and breeze Dave, comes Dave, along, I'm that sorry. handkerchief she's wearing for a shirt is gone. I'm sorry, Dave. Was, did you did you happen to have a problem? No, I don't have a problem at dressed? all. I'm sure there's because a lot of people that would, though, uh, watching it this day and age. Co- confident woman confident wearing woman. whatever she felt was best. One, a one-button uh, handkerchief. She's got a lot of... Yeah, she's <laughs> she's got a one button handkerchief. Is the style of that shirt she's wearing, surrounded oh, by primitives man. and dinosaurs. Yeah, she's not jungle ready. Hannah Dundee plays a lot of fan service yes. in this show. Yes. She is she is the sex appeal. If you were not already drooling over the the number of cars and dinosaurs, yeah. Why do I feel like the more we talk about this, that this is somebody who is just like in middle school and high school, and as they were animating stuff, they were just like, you know what, I'm really good at drawing dinosaurs, and I'm really good at drawing cars. Hmm. Oh, let me try drawing boobs. You know what? I'm great at drawing boobs. I'm great at drawing boobs. They're like uh, two perfect spheres. Um, what's, what's funny, though, I mean, in all seriousness, the design of these characters is like a classic kind of 50s the same era that the Cadillacs, you know, the main Cadillacs that you're thinking of originally came from. It's that same kind of 50s uh, adventure, sci-fi, space exploration design. <clears throat> so everybody's kind of like, got it, the, it, yeah, that, that cool kind of look to it. That like cool adventurous look, a lot of khakis, a lot of like ready to go. And, and then obviously the kind of bosomy woman in like the very little clothing. So it fits with that aesthetic from the 50s and 60s. If Race Bannon had showed up at any time, yeah. you would have been like, oh, this motherfucker fits right into this yeah, universe. Yeah, makes sense. Welcome. Yeah. yeah. Welcome to the future, Race Bannon. Welcome to the <laughs> So, those, oh, are your, so we, yeah, those are your leads right there. You got Jack Tenrec, which we don't understand what he is, really. He's what's called an old blood mechanic, which is like this weird tribal thing that we still didn't quite get into the the real grit of. But we'll talk about that within the plot. That's just right. know that he's kind of like pro-ecology, pro-environment, pro-balance between humans, machines, and dinosaurs. And he's your good guy. He's your adventurous good guy mechanic. And for Hannah, she is a uh, a politician slash scientist. Slash diplomat, yeah. Yeah, slash diplomat who is uh, from Wasoon, yeah. which is... I guess in terms of the the geography for where they have this, she's somewhere in Jersey. So I mean, probably I so, wish she would have had like a Jersey so accent. Jersey girl. Future Jersey accent. So Jersey girl. In the future, yeah. all accents will sound exactly the same, right. which is a blessing. Because uh, at some point, you find that like they're they're looking. She's looking over what look uh, a, a small lake into an area that's then revealed to be New York City. Yeah. And so presumably a majority of this takes place like, in the Paramus, New Jersey area, like. Is right on that tip. like the Hackensack, New Jersey area of the state. Looking much better now. Um, yeah, you know, looking so, much better I mean, now underwater. Like a... <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that in the plot because it's actually kind of cool how they reveal it and they have these little name drops and stuff that they do that kind of put you in the area because it is a drastically different New York City in Northern Jersey than you're used to now. Uh, unless you've seen the movie Waterworld, then you have a good idea of what's going on. Oddly enough, if you've ever spent any time in New Jersey. It's exactly what you think New Jersey would look yeah, like. Yeah, exactly. Guys. And if you followed up it from, hasn't changed it. from last week's episode, that's where all toys go to be destroyed. So remember that. <laughs> yeah, right. You can find toys to be destroyed in Jersey. All right, we've got a couple other kind of minor characters. There's the terribly yep. named Mustafa Cairo. Yep. Also, pretty bad voice actor. I did not really enjoy him at all. The other, everybody else was great. Uh, he was kind of a, he was kind of frustrating. Yeah. But he's just kind of like, have... uh, 
it's just kind of like an assistant. He's supposed to be an engineer, so he's supposed to help out with the, the mechanic stuff. Um, he's just kind of like right-hand man. Right. Yeah. Who else we got? Yeah, we also have, uh, we have a, a dinosaur character. Let's save that for the plot, because it's a cool reveal. Oh my gosh! That's okay. a teaser. Right. Let's, let's save that. Let's talk about some of these villains. All right. We really only have gonna... two that we need to talk about. Right, so we have uh, one of my favorites, Hammer Terhoon. What another another name? What is a Terhoon? I have no idea. Uh, it's I'm assuming it's like a, a torpedo harpoon. Ooh, I like it. Uh, I don't it care. Doesn't mean anything, but, but yeah. But he is just a he's a poacher. He is the uh, the main villain that we have that's in this, um, and it, he just. Uh, he is the it, he is the yin to the yang for uh, for Jack because he does not care about the environment. Nope. He is here to poach dinosaurs. Yep. He is here to cause trouble. Yep. He really feels that we should be able to bulldoze whatever the fuck we want yep. in the 26th century, and we should just be able to move our settlements wherever we want and and push dinosaurs. Uh, we should essentially make dinosaurs extinct again. Yeah, re-extinct those dinosaurs. Yeah. yeah. As if they haven't already been through enough, guys. <laughs> uh, who's, then, a, who's our other villain? Yeah, and she's pretty much lined up exactly with what Terhoon wants to do. She's just a little more refined about the way she goes about it. Sort of. She makes a lot of really bold threats and promises that it's just like she goes from zero to a hundred on the villain scale, like, immediately. Yeah. So she's one of three governors in what's called the City in the Sea. And that's kind of like the... The last remaining settlement that is kind of technologically advanced, they have a lot of the holdovers from the old way of life, they have uh, some decent weapons, they have some decent you know, fortresses, and they have enough wherewithal that they actually have a functioning sort of government, which uh, includes three governors. The other two are kind of dum-dums. This one, Wilhelmina Skarnhorst, again with these names. Oh boy. She's almost exactly like Terhune, just like the female component. She actually looks, she's like really drawn like butch looking um she's basically like a weapons uh dealer at the same time she wants to uh, i'll talk about this when we talk about the second episode briefly but she basically wants to kill everything that moves kill everything that grows and then just plow everything else under and that includes like humans who get in her way dinosaurs that get in her way plants that happen to be in their way <laughs> she just wants to destroy everything um yeah so this between her and tenrek that conflict is where a lot of this uh, ecological conversation really comes in. Whether it happens has to do with water conservation or uh, has to do with um, the way you kind of herd and treat and domesticate animals, with how you treat uh, plant life, whether you use pesticides or not, things like that. So very heavy on the ecological footprint here. I mean, not quite to Captain Planet standards where it's like completely built around that, there are like political machinations and some warfare that goes on between the tribes, but the main thing that drives the point are these ecological conflict. Yeah. You want to jump and in? I mean, yeah. and just, you know, and just to, to like segue into like from the ecological to the actual, like, you know, it's supporting the ecological portion of this is that we have all of this, these new dinosaurs, and, and none of it's really new. Uh, it's just, you know, I, I don't know what happened in the 26th century. No, we have no if clue what lost, happened for the next four or five hundred years. we lost books yeah. or some shit like that. I, I don't know what happened where we lost knowledge and intellect at certain moments. 
but we've also decided that we are going to redefine what we call dinosaurs because as if their names weren't confusing enough, we need to make it easier. Sort of. So, um, so we're going to refer to a couple things. So we 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 mentioned er, already that there is a dinosaur that we're going to kind of yeah. talk about when we get into the actual show. Well, let's say that all, called- all dinosaurs can be referred to as slithers. Yeah. Ugh. For some reason. Yeah. And I guess that that's really sort of ultimately all you need to it's know. It's like slang. Because, yeah. yeah, they're just, they're going to throw a bunch of new terms at you. And it, it, it really does take a couple seconds. Like you really do a double take when they say these things yeah. to just be like, wait, isn't that a, oh, you, oh, you're just, you're doing a thing. Oh, you're like, just saying is, a thing that means another thing. thing that you could have just said got that it. first thing. Okay. I got it. Fair. Yeah. <sighs> So what we've only right. got really one major dinosaur name. Uh, what the the shivet? Yeah, shivet. There you go. Yeah, pop shivet. Uh, so yeah, they call it a shivet, and it's basically just a T Rex. So, spoiler alert: shivet's a T Rex. That's yeah. all you need to know. Uh, uh, for the yeah, for the second episode, well, we'll talk about that later. All right, you want to jump into this thing? How it. are we introduced to anything that's going on right now? Because you don't even get the theme song first to tell you, like, here's the situation. Um, throw you, you right are, in the jungle. You're introduced to a convoy yeah. that uh, immediately comes under ambush. And immediately they're flying a flag that looks like the Hydra from, yeah. <laughs> from Marvel. It's an octopus with eight tentacles that are underneath it. And I and it's all black. And I just, I read that was the first thing. I was like, hail Hydra. Hail Hydra. So uh, Captain America's yeah. coming in. Yeah. So, but these uh these are people from uh Wasoon. Well, so it's um, only so, yeah. The whole convoy is supposed to be from uh Wahoon or Wasoon or whatever it was called. Wasoon. Wasoon. And Hannah's in the front seat, but she's riding with um Cairo, right? Right. Wasn't it Cairo? And, uh, Chord and Chortis. Yeah. Which I don't. What is that name? I don't know either. Yeah. Whatever. Chortis. <laughs> well, we can we can talk about Chortis in a couple okay, seconds cool. uh, because it, it's a very interesting moment. But it's it's one of those things where you you see that this this convoy is on its way, and suddenly you sort of get like that that glimpse of where you have these people who are kind of like waiting in the waiting like in, ambush. in the jungle. Yeah, but even like they are they're lying and waiting. But even before to, to that, you get this kind of little bit of exposition between the uh, the people that are riding in the first car, and they're just like. They're basically talking about doing a diplomatic mission from Wasun to the city in the sea so that they can kind of be allies together. So it's a diplomatic right. mission to get allies. And the one guy in the car says, well, I don't know what you're so worried about. There are friendly people who are trying to rebuild civilization and they're survivors of the 21st century, just like us. And I'm like, thank you. Now I know what's wrong. going on here. That's wrong. <laughs> but thank you for trying to explain something. Yikes. And then we get into the action. So go ahead. As you were saying. Yeah, so we get introduced to uh, to Hammer uh, right away and also his two uh, um, henchmen. I think they're that his has, brothers, or... too. He mentions it later on. Are I they? think they're his brothers, yeah. I didn't know if it was sort of like a... Like yeah, a, like a gang in thing. In a camaraderie like, sense. Yeah. Like, yeah, where he was just like, come on, no, brothers! No, 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 they're his brothers because they have it listed. They have the same last name. Yeah. Okay. So the so three Terhoons are Hammer, Wrench... And is it Vice? And Vice. And Vice. Uh, <laughs> So uh, they they are in the process of uh, attacking this Wasoon convoy. Um, they are destroying all of their stuff that they have that's there. In do you know do you know what they're after? Uh, I I didn't really know. It was like it was like really Mad Max style. They were after their gas and their tires. He says at one point like okay. gas and tires can fetch a good price on the whatever market. Yeah. See, because what I heard him say was there's a lot of gas, <laughs> or he goes there's a lot of gas in those tires. And I'm tired. 
And I was like, what? What, what are they? Nah, he's oh, basically okay. just going to kill everybody and then take the gas and tires. Sell it. If you, so, if you couldn't yeah. tell already, he's a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. So in this moment, uh, Hannah gets, uh, they, they jump out of and they abandon right. their, their vehicle that they're in as they're kind of getting boxed in. Uh, Chortis has this line, and I want, I, I want everybody to pay very clear attention okay. to this, because Chortis is just like, you should go, Hannah. And she's like, oh, no, you're injured. Like, I can't leave you here. And he's like, I'll be fine. And Hannah's like, well, <laughs> peace. All right, I gave you, I she, gave you an option. She's like, I'm going to try to lead them away from you. And that's the last time that we ever hear from Chortis. Farewell, Chortis. Never to be seen again. <laughs> she she embarks on this mission where she... she uh, Hey, you know, it's never like she makes a promise like, hey, I'm going to come back and rescue no, you. She don't know this guy. You know, she doesn't know this guy. Whatever. You know, so she bounces out of there and you just... And just presumably leaves Chortis to yeah, die. to his death in the middle of the jungle <laughs> in hostile territory. <laughs> All right. Whatever. She's got a one-button so, handkerchief. She's good to go. Oh, man. Uh, we should mention that the bad guys have had their hands on sort of a futuristic gun. Just just to sort of mention it, because there's a weird... <clears throat> there's a weird kind of interplay of technology here where it's like... There's Cadillacs that are souped up with, like, rockets, sort of. And, like, weird... Just weird add-ons. But then there's other, like, futuristic guns as well. But at the same time, they're struggling to, like, grow crops and farm livestock so it's a weird <laughs> it's a weird combination of stuff and just settle just yeah, settle just in general settle. just just settle yeah. um but yeah that's that's all we're really given before we jump right into this theme yeah. song but then after the theme then, song is when we get to our buddy jack tenrack oh man jack tenrack what's he doing he's got Dave? a sweet sweet introduction because he's just cruising in that cadillac across the open plains of wherever the fuck in the future yeah. time Really? Just cruising? Cruising. No no problems? No problem. Uh, Clawhoon. I bet there's a problem. Clawhoon. Is it Clawhoon? Is it Quahoon? I, th- I heard Clawhoon. I heard Quahoon. Like, qui- quahoon? like quinoa, but in reverse. Quahoon. Quinoa? It's the opposite right. of quinoa. Um, <laughs> so he spies smoke like in the distant horizon. He just yells Quahoon. I was like, does that mean Quahoon's on fire? Is it a place? Is it a person? <laughs> What's happening? So he just guns it, guns it and finds, we don't know what, on fire. We just see a shitload of flames and then people that are like having a real piss poor water brigade where they're just kind of <laughs> passing a bucket but not actually trying to do anything. You're just passing a bucket down. So you'd think like, okay, cool. This guy's showing up. He's our hero. As soon as he shows up, he's going to help put this fire out and everything's going to be gravy. Right? Yeah. That's what you expected, you would, yeah? Presumably. You would think so. Yeah. Not exactly what happens does not happen. What would the if you if this guy showed up, what would be your first instinct? Uh to accuse him of having caused this fire even though he had just arrived. And then tackle him across the hood of his Cadillac. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Uh I'd be I'd be blaming him left and right. Yeah. I would uh be telling him that it's it's his fault that the giant uh shivet came down yeah. and would, tackled. Would you be spitting out a bunch of nonsense words that don't mean anything to people who don't live in this world? Yep. Yeah, neat. It's no fucking clue. So you you yell about the shivet, you tell him that his caramel macchiato is crap, and he's tired of this nonsense. Yeah, people are really, so they do this, the as we mentioned, this uh, machinadio vitae yeah. uh, is also, they call this the, the machinery of which life. Which we'll call it from now on. And so, yeah, please. Which is now what, please because <laughs> I'm not calling no. it anything else. And so they uh, they really, you know, they really kind of, uh, Jack is, is 
I, I sort of got maybe like I don't, I don't know if this is accurate or if you felt this way, but I, I sort of got like a little bit of like a maybe Native American yes, ties. Yeah, and there's something that happens just, later where it sort of it calls harkens to that a little bit. So it seems like there's right. some sort of natural, almost tribal. You remind me of Marshall Bravestar a little bit at this point. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, there's there's kind of a tribal teaching or something that goes on here. Yeah, correct. And so you know he. Uh, He's really trying to educate and tell people that, you know, the, look, these monsters, this, this shivet, this Tyrannosaurus, for all intents and yeah, purposes, T-Rex. this Tyrannosaurus Rex, like, all these creatures are, they're, we are as scared, they are as scared of us as we are as scared of them. And so, we have, like, we have nothing to, we have nothing, nothing to fear. Nothing to fear, like, but fear itself. Yeah. He read but something somewhere. for some somewhere. reason, this, yeah. this, this shivet has attacked right. them and so, and has pretty much destroyed their village. Oh, yeah. Which, when they said Shivit at first, I was like, because there's nothing but fire behind them. So I was like, it, are there dragons? What's happening? What's the Shivit? Why is everything yeah. on fire? <laughs> but yeah, just T-Rex. So, but everything is on fire yeah. because we immediately then get introduced to Skarnhorst and Hammer Terhune. Man, this, who... this scene for Hammer was fantastic. Oh. Do you remember his, like, his setting? Oh, so he's like sitting on top of a giant throne, a, like a Game of Thrones style throne. With like a like a Triceratops skull, I think it was, or was it a T Rex yep. skull over top of? His I thought head. it was a Triceratops. Yeah, yeah. he loves that Triceratops because uh, he's also Just got looking. one on his his trike bike, mounted right. with a Triceratops skull in the front of it. Yeah. So he is just uh he he is holding court and he is he is entertaining, uh, <laughs> Skarnhorst. And, and and telling her we like, don't know look, at like, this point like she just shows up right. she looks like she's outfitted for like a safari like an outback ride and she's got a couple of armed guards with her we have no clue who this we don't even know it's a woman to be honest with you right but you're given the sense that she is sort of the the, the brains or like yes. the, the financier behind a lot of the the things that hammer is a lot of his plans she's the she's the puppet master yeah. pulling the strings yeah. behind this joker and so he's just the hired muscle who's just going out and busting stuff up yeah, pretty much. And he's um, just poaching and stuff on the way and getting... They kept saying like things like tusks and ivory, which just was weird to me. I never thought of like ivory yeah. from dinosaurs, but I guess it's kind of the same thing. Um, but I but love the fact you, that he's just juggling a hand grenade at this point. Yeah. Just juggling which, a hand grenade. I feel like this sort of goes back to some of our older questions that we had from Bigfoot and yes. Muscle Machines. Like, God, I just... If I only had a hand grenade... <laughs> the one time I don't have a hand grenade... <laughs> like... Just what? Ridiculous. This guy has hand grenades out the wazoo. Here's Unnecessary a, amounts of hand here's grenades. Here's a question. Bigfoot and sure. the muscle machine. What the hell was that guy's name? What was the main guy's name? Was it Hank? Hank Bullwhip. I can't remember his name. Something like that. Oh, boy. Uh, who, okay. who, who is he an ancestor of? Is it Jack Tenrec or is it Hammer Terhune or is it both? Ooh, Ooh I'm going to say both. Because he's the Genghis Khan of 26th century. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna say he's the uh, he's the OG of this uh, this entire. Yeah, we have we have him to blame. His hand grenade fetish trickled down for 500 years. Oh my god. Yeah, so he's got a. We find later he's got a whole crate full of hand grenades, so that's fun. But yeah, this whole thing is basically to set up the fact that they're not only in cahoots. They're uh, the governor is giving Hammer and his crew this technology so they can actually go ahead with the plan, and part of the plan it's kind of hinted at this point that they have devices that they are putting on this shivet to kind of control him and to, uh, to lead him into the settlement so he can wreak havoc because the governor has this kind of political machination where 
if she can sow enough discord, she can make everybody stop trusting in Jack and then turn to her for support. So she's trying to undermine Jack Tenrak's support within the settlement by pretty much murdering as many people as she possibly can. Yeah. Great plan. Oh, Political leadership. God. Great plan. You know, and uh, and as all of this uh, is sort of being like laid out very loosely for yes. you, um, Hammer is like, uh, Hammer learns that the the Shivet is no longer uh, fucking up these villages the way that uh, that this this woman wants. Yeah. So he's like, "All right, well, gotta go," and just runs, jumps out on his trike, calls to his brothers, and then they just roll out of camp. <laughs> Which is pretty great. I like the fact that he doesn't really care about any of the political stuff going on. He just basically wants to kill Jack Tenrak. Uh, oh, and yeah. that's about it. He's just crazy. Yeah, he's not. I love he's it. Not. So now we come back so, to Hannah, and here's where you what you kind of teased earlier on. This is her scene of discovery, which kind of gives us a firmer setting in this far flung future. So, I, like we we we've gotten to this point where like we understand that like there is some technology that still exists, right. and so she has binoculars and she's spying across, looking at the city on the or the city of the, city sea. the sea, yeah, and and she is looking at one of the buildings you know questioning out loud to herself whether or not they have some technology whether they have some resources and then she begins to sound out the words new york public library yeah. and you're like okay cool we kind of know where we are right yeah, now got a good idea got a good idea yeah. so like the city so. in the sea basically like the new york city uh, proper as uh, the water has risen quite significantly around it so it's kind of just like downtown would be a harbor at that point the harbor district is well underwater the rest of it is just like kind of flooded and the harbor kind of goes like right up to the, the doorsteps of the public library i couldn't tell if that was the headquarters for the governors or not yeah i wasn't sure because either. they don't really uh, it's yeah they don't really transition it well but basically we're like right. okay we're in new york got it so now we have an idea where we're at so as she's kind of scoping this stuff out she gets spooked there's a she gets yeah. spooked by a by what looks like a little little raptor. It looks like a raptor. Yeah. Uh, look, spooked by a little raptor, and then uh, uh, she jumps out of her way, kind of pulls out her crossbow. She's ready to yeah. go, uh, and she realizes that it's a little small cute guy. Yeah, it's just a little cute guy. In the distance, in the distance, she hears a uh, another an engine a rumbling, uh, barreling towards well, her. So so she's got the cute guy, and he takes off, but then a, then a shivet wanders through, and it goes right past her. And it's kind of roaring right. and it's headed towards the city. And then all of a sudden it kind of like stoops and scratches its head on something. And as yeah, it turns... Like it's sort of like a bear scratching its back <laughs> yeah, against exactly. a tree. And then it shits in the woods, yeah. which was really weird that it did that on a kid's cartoon. But Very bizarre. yeah, it's real strange. A lot of poop. Good, good decision. Um, but then it, as it turned, you see this like radio device looking thing on its back. So you can tell that like, okay, this is something's going on here. And then she hears a roar come from the from the forest. Right. And so uh, she's uh, she doesn't even care. Yeah. She just shoots shoots first, and she's gonna ask questions right. later, because um, she shoots a Cadillac in the tire. I mean, that's what um, I do on Saturdays. Cadillac Cadillac basically just goes and lands on its, <laughs> it's side. It's completely flipped. So <laughs> that's, that's one it. of ten wrecks in this episode. Yeah. She so, shot right through those white walls a, too, man. I can't imagine white yeah. walls lasting five hundred years, but God, not that one. I I, I grew up. I learned how to drive on a car that had white oh, walls man. and ev- like it was everybody like when you're learning to park and do parallel parking and and, and everything like you're gonna scratch some white yep. walls people people would just complain like you gotta my parents would just be like you gotta watch those white walls i'm like 
Why? Why? Why don't put this extra pressure on me? There's no reason to do this. Yeah. Look, I'm learning how to just drive. go buy some Back curb dealers. In yeah. the 1960s. Look, this is gonna. This is gonna be a damn problem whenever I'm driving through, you know, northern Jersey, fending off dinosaurs. Yeah, exactly. Your turbo prop in the back. Yeah, so right. this is the so, meet cute between Jack and Hannah. Right. Right. So Jack has pretty much just crashed. You think he'd be a little more upset about his Cadillac being ruined, but he's like, well, I'll just, I'll just push it over because I'm a super strong, manly type guy, old blood mechanic, and I'll just swap the tire out. And we'll be good to go. Right. Yeah. So this is where. I had some problems with some Let's things. Let's talk about things. Okay. Uh, so the car is on its side, um, and he pushes it He pushes it over. Wait, is he, does he, I heavy. have a question for you real quick. Did he pass out first, or does he pass out later? Because there's a certain frog uh, wizard we need to talk about. So, he, yeah, so th- this is, so there, there are a number okay. of things. So, one, I have problems with him as he passes okay. out and then wakes back up. And then pushes over the car. But before he pushes over the okay. car, he has sort of this vision quest dream yep. where this creepy frog dinosaur it's a, it's pops a, it's up. It's a frog wizard, I think, is okay. frog wizard. Now, Jack has already said to the village that was on fire that he actually did not put out that fire, which presumably oh, burns to the ground to this day. Everybody yeah. died. Uh, he told them that this, uh, this shivet, if there is a problem, that he will end the problem, implying that he would kill the shivet. Which you can kind and of so, figure goes against his, his belief, his teaching. Yeah. Right. And so this frog wizard shows up and is just like, yo, Jack, there's always a better way. And he's like, no, I don't think so. And frog's like, no, dude, there's always a better he's like, way. Yeah, bro, your blood calls, like, wake up <laughs> and like find like a better way. Bro. So this, uh, so he wakes up. <laughs> Frog wizard's gone. Pushes a car, yeah. pushes a car yeah. over. Doesn't seem upset. If I get in the slightest accident, I'm pissed off. Like, right, if I, I get, am, a, like, if uh, I get a pile of anger in my 17 year old Jeep that's beat to hell, I get pissed. If I had to flip a 550 year old Cadillac <laughs> that's just been shot through my white walls with a crossbow by some uh, tetsa poppin in the jungle. I'd be a little more upset than this guy, especially because your suspension shot to hell once you throw it over like this. But so this is the big part that I had a problem yeah. with. All right, and I want you to keep in mind uh, that I'm saying this all lovingly, knowing full well that this is a cartoon. And so you get out there, and so <clears throat> he just goes, "Hey, can you get the tire from the trunk?" And her immediate reaction for Hannah is, "Huh? What's and a he's trunk?" Like the the storage compartment in the back, and she's like, "Oh." Uh. Okay, um, lady, you were in a car when you got ambushed. Yeah, she like, was in like a convoy truck, I guess, which wasn't a Cadillac, it, but. But like she's, she seems confused about what the car it was a weird is choice. in general. It was a weird choice to be like, let's have this political diplomat scientist not know what the fuck a trunk is. It's a very right. weird so choice. She's, She's confused about what a car is in general yes. about what's going on there. Yes. She's confused about why 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 the tire has to be changed. She's confused about why the tire is in the trunk. She doesn't really know what a trunk is. All right? And she's then moments dumb later dumb. And then moments later, we find out that she's confused about radios and doors. Radios in cars. And doors. Did you notice that she and didn't doors. open the door to get in the yeah, car? She, she just jumped over it, which I thought was much cooler <laughs> so than way Jack did it. Yeah. As like a diplomat scientist, I'm just like, what are you doing? Like, she even says at one point, she's like, oh, radio, we're trying to broadcast radio stuff. And I'm just like, how the fuck 
could you not know what a radio looks like? She knows radio, she doesn't know trunk. And now oh, she knows God. about macchiato vitae because he lays it on thick. Because really she does. thinks that he's a poacher and he's out to get her. She thinks he's one of the guys that was blowing up their spot earlier. But he's like, no, I'm an old blood mechanic. We go way back as uh, enemies against those poacher types. I'm like, oh, that explains nothing. But okay. Cool. Neat, Neat story, <laughs> pal. <laughs> so, of course, get in the car with him and ride off into the sunset. Yeah, they become fast friends. Fast friends. Even after she lies, because she says that she's a politician, and then 20 seconds later, she's like, well, actually, I'm not really a politician. I'm a scientist. And he's like, I like those even less. I hate scientists even more than I hate politicians. And you're just like, oh, okay, why, why did you feel the need to lie about, like, oh, all right, she's one of There were some interesting choices that happened in this, like, two-minute scene that seemed to just sort of, I, I don't know how it would establish or build trust between the two of them, but they were immediately just like, let's get to they stuff. They were like, there's not a lot of people around. We're both real hot, so let's just see where this goes. Uh, I do like, I will say, I do like that they had some really cool transitions between the scenes that they changed kind of like the, the ratio of the scenes. They would either kind of yeah, squish like one down or letterbox it. it. Yeah, and then they it was almost like you were reading panels of a comic book. So that was a right. really cool uh, transition and uh, scene change from one thing to the next. And they really focused on like like wide range shots and then focused on close ups too. It was really cool. And they did it in like in a fun way yeah. to kind of like emphasize action yeah. or like that something was was actually going to transpire. And so that was like that was really fun. I, I noticed that a lot. There were two seconds where I, I, I seriously thought that how I was watching this on YouTube on an iPad, I was like, Oh crap! Is my iPad? Yeah, okay. it again? wasn't the best execution, but it was a really like cool seconds. idea. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I I enjoyed it. All right, cool. So we got Hot Bodies, and they're headed back to uh, where? Where is he from again? What is his town called? I just know that he goes back to his garage, which is essentially a castle. Yeah, that's what I I said yeah. too. I didn't really think it was a town. It didn't seem like he was a very social no, person. No, definitely not. You know, he's got a uh, he's got his other wrench, uh, <laughs> his other wrench engineer buddy. Uh, Mustafa that's in there but who else do we quickly discover is inside of this well so they're inside this fortress and and Jack is just kind of like taking his time and looking over some plans and this door opens behind him and this dinosaur walks in that looks like a small T-Rex and it comes in and it looks like it's just going to take like a chunk out of him so of course Hannah freaks out but then as dinosaurs do it just gives him a hug like a bear hug from behind Yeah, but that was different Uh, Mustafa explains that uh, this is Hermes, Hermes. and that uh, Jack found him after his mother had had died from poachers right. and he had raised Hermes. And so now Hermes is a friend uh, and also the best security measure that they have around the entire base. <laughs> I love that Hermes is just clunking like, down the steps as he's giving this story that he's just like, chunk, ka-chunk, ka-chunk. <laughs> in like three steps, he clears about uh, a flight of stairs. That was pretty funny. Jeez. But he's a baby yeah. Allosaurus. Still a meat eater. Still has a collar on for some reason. Uh, yeah. yeah. He just likes jewelry. <laughs> he does. He's a very stylish Allosaurus. Yeah. So at this point, they're basically trying to say like, okay, um... Jack's got shit to deal with. He wants to get tits a popping out to City in the Sea to finish up her deal. So he's like, all right, some some guy's coming in. Kurgo, Kurgo the cargo, is coming in with his ferry. He can take you into the city. And she looks right. in the window. She's like, oh, is that smoke from his ferry? Is he here? And he's like, smoke? So, of course, they look out, and another city is on fire. And this time, they actually oh, see man. the shivet. And now Jack's like, all right, I got to take this thing down. 
I love that he goes into his ammo room yeah. and he's like, can't believe I'm going to have to do something that I promised I would never I do. I promised a frog out, wizard I would never do it. <laughs> and he gets out uh, a box that just says like tranquilizers. Yeah. And I was like, oh God, is he going to start like, is he just going to start like popping ketamine? <laughs> is he just going to right in the veins? Just doing mm. dino tranks like left Ooh, and right. Tranks. But uh, it turns out that it is once he arrives at the village. And he doesn't want an audience, uh, so he leaves the other ones behind. So he arrives in the village, gets set up in a tree, and uh, he puts what he what he puts a lethal dose. And how do we know it's a lethal into dose? his gun? Because he says it's a lethal dose, and says lethal dose on the side of the. Cartridge. Oh, because he says it out loud to no one. I got it. I yeah. got it. Neat. <laughs> and meanwhile, so, we should uh, say he... that the other governors are back in their place, and they're like, "Oh man, they're receiving a, an urgent message from the <laughs> the village that's on fire." They're receiving like right. the ticker tape of like, uh, what would you call it? What was the old telegraph? It was like a yeah, telegraph. The old telegraph machine. Yeah, it was. It was like ticker. It was the, yeah, just the just ticker tape that out. came She's out. She's just reading it as it's going like, oh God, the humanity. Oh God, we're all on fire. Oh God. <laughs> they they say send help. They, and they so, said send help and then got bitten in half by a dinosaur. Yeah, right. <laughs> but they're, they're so basically they, uh, saying like our pact with Jack is no longer viable. So we've they turned to the other governor who's like, let's just burn all this shit to the ground. Let's go. So, yeah. yeah. So now back to Jack. And so you know, it, it's it's interesting to see that like, or, and and we should say that the city on the sea has had expansion plans, right. and that this is their their target. Like what they want to do is they want to begin to repop like repopulate, and resettle a lot of this land, uh, and not just keep themselves you know constricted to you know what probably like Manhattan. Yeah. Island plus, is. they don't so they have actual like arable land. They just have seawater and and concrete. So. And so, like, you know, they, they've had these plans. They've put a lot of investment in Jack Tenrec. Right. And so to have that trust seemingly all of a sudden be soured right. is is a big deal sure. for them. So uh, they, they're taking all precautions to to be able to, to rectify, fix the situation, uh, you know, which they're politicians. So that boils down to just a heated discussion that goes yep. nowhere. So, uh, but... Back to the action, to, Jack. to the man, the man who's getting shit done, who's GSDing all over the place. Ooh. All right, yeah, that's right. Uh, he is, uh, he is, he's got this shivet in his sight. Yeah, and he's he's definitely and not he, having any more frog wizard visions, is he? He's having he's frog, still wizard his frog wizard vision. That frog wizard is. I, I want to know all about him. You, I think we find out because more I'm because very curious. The second, I think he's what's called a grith. Which is a race okay. of uh, lizard-like humanoids or human-like lizardoids uh, that is sort of, <laughs> sort of introduced in the next or third episode. Yeah, called either Griffiths. or. I'm on board. Yeah, they look like sleigh stacks from uh, uh, Lost World. I don't think they they did not look Land like sleigh stacks Lost. to Land me because they looked like because sleigh stacks were were much much bigger and like gankier. Yeah, these are these they? are small, just like humanoids with like scale. So maybe yeah. like uh, the lizard people from V, the original V. Okay, They're just lizard people. That. Just lizard people. Yeah. So, Call them So, uh, lizard wizard. <laughs> nice. Is... How did I not? Why did I keep going with frog wizard? The fuck's wrong with Dude, me? Dude, I don't know. Ah, so, lizard wizard. Thanks, buddy. Uh, lizard wizard is out of his gizzard, just telling no. him that there is there is a better way than he needs to figure out how to do this. And so he gets up there and he posts up, to getting ready to take the shot. You know, gets gets the shivet in his sight. He looks straight on in the back of this thing, which I don't know how anybody could miss this or how this is a glaring omission for everybody. But there is, there's like a giant radio box 
that's like it's huge. stapled into the back of this ship. It had to be like a nod back like, to Dino Riders or something. It was like a precursor to that. To yeah. You know, so they he immediately gets startled uh, and is just like, what is that? And like makes a bunch of noise. Shivik gets triggered. So what does he do? He doesn't take the shot. He doesn't decide to shoot the radio box in the back of it. He just decides to throw I'm the a, gun that I'm he throw has. throw this massive gun. <laughs> throw this giant bazooka that shoots a single tranquilizer yep. dart with a lethal Lethal-da. dose. You know, I'm just going to throw it out of the tree because I've decided that this is now going to become the rodeo portion it's of the Dino show. It's Dino Rodeo time, y'all. Dino Rodeo, y'all. So he jumps on the back of this guy. He does this a lot, this by is, the way. Yeah, does like he? Like every episode. He yeah. seems, he seems like the yeah. guy who would just be jumping on backs of dinosaurs left and right, willy yep. nilly, just pulling radio control boxes it was, off of the back of the It was actually necks. pretty gross when he pulled that thing out. It was like in there. Yeah. It wasn't just like tied like on. It was, it was really, like stabbed. No, in. it was in there. Was there. Like it was came embedded. Out, yeah. 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 So he pulls this thing and off. And then problem solved, right? And Oh, man. I, this was a cool okay, moment. Okay. Because we have this Shivit. We have this T-Rex, you know, like king of the dinosaurs who's looking mean af and just begins to just start to head down towards jack and jack they do like a take it's like jack to the shivet jack to the control panel that's laying next to him jack to the shivet elbow to the control panel and then they're just kind of staring at each other and the shivet comes down sniffs him like it's a dog and then is like I'm, my my business is done here, and then just walks. He's away. like, oh, that's like, one of them old blood mechanics. Yeah, yeah, one of them old blood mechanics. I think it was it was nice because it showed kind of like the you know the lion with the thorn in its paw kind of thing where it's like, yeah, Jack you know destroyed the source of its frustration, and then it was like, all right, we cool, we're good. Good good use of a parable. Yeah, way to go. This is an allegory from the Bible. <laughs> so they. So they figured this out, uh, and it's all resolved. But that w- that would be it, right? Like he would be able to take the device that he smashed, and presumably, so wrench and vice are controlling the device nearby. Right. Because Hannah, because right. she's scientist, she's says scientist. like this is like a short wave thing, so they have to be if they're using this, they have to be somewhere close. Right. So then they get into everybody gets into their own tussle. Yeah. It's the only reason uh, that Cairo everybody. exists to fight one of the other so, guys. Yeah. Yeah, God. So tell me, tell me a little bit about Dave. This, uh, this, this final fight that we have between Jack and Hammer, because this is this is fucking great. It was, it was kind of weird. So like, um, real quick, the other one. So Hannah squares off against one of the other brothers, and they have this stupid exchange of dumb lines. And then Cairo just tackles the other brother. <laughs> I don't even know if they said anything to each other, but it was also I don't think also they did. dumb. Just a lot of punching. A lot of punching. So Hammer is a lot bigger than Jack. But Jack has a lot more kind of like finesse and he's got more kind of like martial arts moves and Hammer's kind of just like a brute force kind of guy. But at one point, so Jack looks like he's going to win the fight, kind of knocks uh, Hammer down. But then Hammer tosses a grenade under Jack and they both kind of like dive to safety. But apparently Jack just decides to stop and look at it for a second before diving. So he's kind of knocked a little loopy and it gives Hammer the opportunity to stand above him with what looks like a pressure cooker at the end of a grabber stick. Yeah, dude. What, this what's that thing? Insane. I don't know. Was it supposed to be like a like a metal detector? I thought it looked like maybe like a weird axe or like a mace. It looked like it looked like you took a pressure cooker and just 
tied like taped it onto the end of a golf club or something. I don't know what that was, yeah. but it's something that could have smashed. That's a high level crafting that you have to get <laughs> to right. in order to put together a Hamilton Beach product on the end of a baseball <laughs> That's bat. Correct. So he could have just smashed Jack <laughs> in the face, but Jack decides to have this like monologue, eyes closed, laying on the ground, to just say like, "Well, you might get me, Hammer, but that shivet's still out there, and that shivet's got your scent." And, and then he goes through this whole thing. He's like, you know the shivet, the one with foot-long teeth and razor-sharp fangs and, like, all kinds of stuff. And he's, like, he's really, like, selling the story. He's going ham he's for like, those. And Hammer is sweating. He's sweating. He's looking around. Stuff starts moving in the grass, and he hears, like, growls and roars. And Jack's, I don't remember his exact words, but he's basically just like, you know, you might get me, but that shivet's going to get you sooner or later. And my bet, as it's, like, growling in the in the in the grass he's like my bet it'll be sooner go ahead dude i i I keep thinking of this i'm like you have a you have a box of what yank justice would call problem solvers justice nicely done you have yeah you have a you have a box of of yank justice problem solvers over there that you could throw like grenades you got a box of grenades that you could throw at any fucking point in time and you just choose to not use them now he was scared he's a scaredy cat (sighs) I, I think it's the. I feel I think like anytime the, I'd be scared if I had a grenade, it could solve how scared <laughs> I was. If you were Yank Justice, not one of his uh, weak water descendants, death in blood. Oh, but man. Uh, I think it was it was kind of nice because it was a little, it was a little Deus Ex Machina at that point. But um, I liked it because it it hinted that Hammer kind of needs Jack around to have any kind of purpose, as far as right. the villain goes. But also showed that he was kind of like not willing to finish him off um, and use that as kind of an excuse to skedaddle. Because it turns out it wasn't actually the shivet. It was just Hannah and Cairo in the car apparently making dinosaur noises? Question mark? Yeah. It's it's also interesting to see just sort of the, the psychological intimidation yeah. aspect of this. Because as, as we've yeah, identified with Jack is that these dinosaurs are, are scared right. of us in the same way that we're scared of them. And so... Some people, I guess, don't understand that. Maybe in the 26th century, that's a thing that has been a newly discovered skill and then promptly lost and forgotten. True. So uh, who knows? But it, it's it's an interesting way to kind of show the dominance that Jack yeah. has over and an opponent over by it. saying, like, yeah. yeah, by saying, like, I'm going to fuck with your head. Oh. Like, didn't you see? That shivet just sniffed me like a golden retriever and then it backed the fuck off. Like, it's not going to do the same that's for right. you. You're in big, big trouble. Big trouble, buddy. Big trouble. Uh, I will say this. Jack's also pretty sweet with the one-liners here. When um, when all three of them start fighting each other, oh, God. he's got a great quote. It's, uh, they mess with the machinery of life, Hammer. And I guess they got caught in the gears. <laughs> it's like his one like badass line that he gets to say. Everything else is pretty much like hippy-dippy stuff. Okay, so you'd think... But that would be think, it. Right, like, we'd be done. done. You beat the villain. You survive the confrontation with the shivet. You have the physical evidence in front of you that ties Schoenhorst, Scharnhurst to Scheinhart Wig Corporation to Hammer Terhoon and right. evidence as to why the shivet was uh, laying waste at the countryside. So right. do you think you should bring it to the other two governors who have political power or should you bring it to the one who is the villain and hand it to her? Well, you know, Dave, when you bring up questions yeah. like this, it really all comes down to grip strength. Yeah, man. Oof. Like, who has 
This lady has given Formidable some tugs. Grip. Oh, Jesus She has given the tug. <laughs> tug of death mm. from the, the way. Like right so they go, to, they go to Shinehurst Wig Corporation, right. and uh, <laughs> I almost said Yank. And um, I mean, <laughs> it's not Yank Justice. It's not Yank Justice great, in the future. Great, 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 uh, yeah. Jack, Jack throws this control module that they've been using to control the shivet. And it's just like, I'm on to your game. She already, I'm going to go show. She already smashed it with his elbow, so it's already like half smashed. No, no, no. This was the, this was the device that they were using oh, to control oh, 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 it, the, the, that the, wrench the and vice yeah, had. Right. All right. The other, the other piece that was in the back of the shivet has been right. destroyed because of a, a sweet elbow that drop. That was a sweet elbow drop. Um, that happened in a prone position. Yeah. And so now, now they're in this point where they're just like, we've got this one piece of tech that's been salvaged, and we know it came from you, Shinehart Wig Corporation. And so we're going to figure this shit out. And she's just like, and she's holding the piece of evidence. Because he she handed just goes, it to her. Yeah, he hands, uh, he throws it at her. He throws her the evidence. Ah, uh, I'm you know what? Court case dismissed. <laughs> yeah, mistrial. Denied. Case case dismissed. <laughs> this is a whole I'm getting rid of this whole kangaroo court right now. This is crazy. So in this moment, she just holds the device and just smashes Crashes it. And it. it just goes, What evidence? And you're like, All right, well, touche. Yeah, touche. I said, I did not know like, that you were well you know, arm wrestling champion of 26th century. <laughs> that was pretty great. Real stupid to hand her oh, the evidence and then she just crashed it into oblivion. So it was pretty fun. Yeah, I did not I did not realize that she was an extra in the Stallone movie Over, over the, the top. top. Yeah, she was the third place winner. Yeah, yeah. incredible. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's pretty much that's where it. we end. Then they kind of boat off into the sunset for another adventure another day. Yeah, it was sort of an angry fist to the sky of yeah. kind of like, I'll get you. Che Guevara of Dinosaurs and Cadillac. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> uh, the second episode, it was called Dino Drive, and it uh, featured what are called Max, which are basically just Triceratops. And it was kind of all yeah. about them trying to control a stampede, um, which was pretty cool. It, it introduced the Griths a little bit, so the Lizard Wizard. And then the third episode was actually called <laughs> Lizard Wizard Blizzard, which I should have put it all together. Shut up. That's what it was. No, I stopped. Lizard, wizard, I stopped blizzard. Watching at, at three, so okay. I have no idea what it was. Okay, but it could be a blizzard. Playing with my heart. Uh, you know who else was playing with our heart? Some other listeners okay. out there who gave some reviews on IMDb. Let's get into like it. Like this first one. Okay. What you got? All right. So this uh, this first one comes from uh, Ryan on the Hill from Canada. This was in uh, December of 2010. Uh, he says, "Too good to pass up." This show is way ahead of its time. Not only does it forward the message of environmental consciousness, but it has a strong it has strong stories with great characters that has been typically unseen in other cartoons at this time. Has it, buddy? It? Has it? We've had a lot of dinosaur shit in right the 90s. Uh, the whole concept of island settlements reminds the viewer of ABC's Lost and how many zombie movies are situated in post-apocalyptic worlds. Granted, one villain's name is Hammer, but that probably a consequence of the year in which it was created, rather than poor writing. I don't know what you're talking about, but I have no idea. What did like it did? Did tools come out? Were tools invented? Was in MC Hammer a villain at the time? Ah, holy shit! <laughs> well, with his checkbook, Ooh. he was uh, a show in which Cadillacs meets dinosaurs. How could anyone resist? Thirteen episodes does not do the show justice. The main character Jack 
was some kind of anthropologist, environmentalist, weightlifter, mechanic. It was fun to watch and reminds me of why I love cartoons in the early 90s. A DVD release is a must for this show. Triple hashtag. Well, the triple hashtag was mine, but <laughs> we'll keep that in there anyway. <laughs> triple hashtag. <laughs> While Sean's recovering. <laughs> We've got another review from Hellraiser 7 from United States. This review called Dino Apocalypse, and God, I wish you could read this because every other word is spelled wrong. I'm going to do my best to get through it. Uh, it's either a 9 out of 10 or a 3.5 out of possibly 5 stars. Uh, I've edited this one heavily down, so it's going to take me a bit to get through it, but it is like a tenth as long as it used to be. Here we go. Dinosaurs we've always had a fascination with. We always wonder what they really, when they existed. We may never really know since we were around. <laughs> we good so far? We're good. Doing but well. what would happen if we had that chance to coexist? This is another under-the-radar gem that I really like. The show, of course, is based on a graphic novel miniseries, Xenozoic Tales, which makes this a comic book adaptation show, and I personally fell. It's one of the best. I like both the protagonists, Jack and Hannah, both have their strengths or weaknesses. Jack Tenrick is cool, he's a gearhead, he cares about both nature and the people living in it. Just as he fixes his cars, he is constantly trying to fix the world around him to keep things fair. Hannah Dundee is also great, hot, with the persona to boot. She's smart, can hold her own against danger, does care, ambitious, has a lot of fire and energy to her. I would love a revival to this series, or better yet, make either a live action TV show or movies. Make it more for an older audience, give it a more darker edge, as well as more vehicular action. With the effects and technology we have now, I see no reason why this can't happen. Like a well-audio-mated Kadabiac, it's worth a drive. Rating. Holy three and a half stars. <laughs> Holy Nine shit. out of ten, three and a half, whatever you want. Uh, I forgot to mention earlier that, uh, did you happen to see the license plate of Jack's Cadillac? I did not. It uh, basically says Xenozoic. It's like Z-N-O-Z-O-1-C. So it says Xenozoic. Hmm. Which is the name of the comic book. So I thought that was kind of cool. 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 Alright, our, uh, cool. our reviewers here are smoking the dope, so I don't know what they're about. But uh, what about you, buddy? Do you recommend Cadillacs and uh, Dinosaurs? And if not, do you give it the dip, which erases it from existence? I'd recommend yes. this. I'm hesitant, but I'd recommend really? it. I'd recommend at least checking out the... Yeah, I'd recommend checking out the first episode. I felt like there was a lot that you get hit yeah. with up top. I think that this episode kind of reminded me of watching... This singular episode reminded me of watching the first Matrix movie. When it was okay. done, I was like, I hope they don't do any more. <laughs> yeah. And then, <laughs> and I could have I could have stopped and finished with episode one and be satisfied. Okay. Even though yeah. I never got to see Jack and Hannah get together. Uh, I'm just gonna rule 34. Google Ooh, that. I'm sure so, that is out there. We haven't looked at in that my in my brain. Long I'm sure time, that exists. But yeah, that definitely exists. Yeah. Definitely. She was one button away from just being a rule 34 to begin with. So there it goes. Uh, there yeah, it is. I'll recommend it too. I think it's a lot of fun. It's way more fun than you might think. It's actually a lot better than you might think from that title alone. The animation quality is pretty solid. The voice acting is pretty solid. The story is actually more mature than you would think. Something that Cadillacs and dinosaurs would be. Um, they play with a lot of pretty cool themes. It's 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 heavy-handed because it was mid-90s. It is what it is, but it's still fun. I think they had a lot of fun with it, so I definitely recommend this one, too. Cool. So that's it for Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, buddy. Uh, what do you have coming up over the next couple of weeks? 
guys uh we're wrapping up the month of november pretty quickly and um i've got shows i've got shows that are happening live improv comedy in dc you can find out more information with dc.org and as always i perform with and as always you can find me on instagram and twitter at sean paul ellis fantastic you can find me on twitter at dr claw md on Twitter, you can also follow along with the hashtag Black Castle. That's all one word, Black Castle. That's currently the uh, the latest novel that I've released, and I'm releasing one chapter a day. <clears throat> so if you guys want to check it out one day at a time, just, you know, on your lunch break, read a chapter pretty quick. Or if you want to wait till the weekend and just get caught up on the last, you know, seven chapters or so, that's up to you. You can follow along with the hashtag Black Castle. You can also check out uh, DaveTrumbor.com for the full thing. Yeah, Sean, what you got? It's just really interesting that you decided to go in a direction where you took Nathan Fillion as an African-American. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> I really wish I'd made that as a mock-up. <laughs> for like, just like shaded his face. Just like, Black Castle. Why? Oh, no. Don't do that. Don't do that? Don't put Nathan Fillion in blackface? No, please do not. Coming to Fox. <laughs> January 2017. Black Castle. He's back and he's black. Uh, my story has nothing oh, to do with man. that, but now I really want to work in an Easter egg somewhere, so I might go back and edit it. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, you can also find me on Collider.com and Nerdist.com, where I do less fun professional stuff. As far as Saturday morning cartoons, you can find us over at our website, SaturdayMorningCartoons.com. Remember, that's morning with a U. You can also find us on Twitter at MorningTunes. Check out Sean's handiwork on our Instagram page. Keep the conversation going over on Facebook and keep the subscriptions going over on YouTube as well. We really do appreciate the conversations you guys uh, have with us each and every week. We're up well over 3,200 uh, likes on Facebook, so we really do appreciate that. Thank you guys so much. Keep sharing our stuff. Keep the conversations going. You can listen to our audio podcast for free each and every week through iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And if you want to reach out to us, drop us a line through SaturdayMorningCartoons at gmail.com. We also want to take this moment to say happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there, because as you're listening to this episode, it should be coming up in just a couple of days. Uh, We've got one more episode coming in November before we move on to our December schedule. So, Sean, what do we have on the docket for the listeners out there? Guys, we are going to get into the show Emergency Plus Four. If you loved all of the drama and suspense of the 1970 live action show called Emergency that takes place with firefighters, paramedics, but you felt that you needed it in a dumbed-down kids' mm. version. Ho-ho! Hold on to your butts for Emergency Plus Just four. like anything else worth watching, it needs more teenagers. Jesus. Jesus. Actually... These kids are like... What? Are yeah. they teenagers? I hope they're teenagers. Uh, yeah, they're like they're like gypsy. It's like a gypsy EMS. <laughs> I don't know. But, Tune yeah, in the next week for Gypsy that- EMS. Gypsy EMS would have been a, a more apt title for the show. Followed by Black uh, Castle. <laughs> coming to Fox <laughs> January. Uh, but the the exciting thing is, is that we actually do have a firefighter EMS uh, front of the show. Uh, previous guest from our Ren and Stimpy yep. episode, Alex Capice. Uh, he will be joining us to talk shop about some of the things that happen in this show. So very exciting to hear yeah. from him about emergency situations and medicine. we're looking forward to it and you guys should tune in because it just might save your life what? until next time these are pro- these are promises that our lawyers have told us not they to said make as, as long as i say just might as ahead of it we're fine they told me to stop saying oh. teenagers in a weird voice but i didn't listen but I, when they say say just might it's fine uh 
And uh, a final closing thing before we sign yeah. off for tonight. Uh, I just want to give a quick shout out and a thank you to the following people. Um, Jack Connolly from Twitter. Thank you so much for your messages and your notes. Much appreciated, sir. Uh, Tim Ryan from Facebook. Thank you so much for the Charlie Brown video. That is uh, Charlie Brown. It's a great pumpkin mashed up with Evil Dead. That was fantastic. And uh, from Instagram, uh, thank you to Buddha Foreskin. Don't know why you're following us, but thank you for commenting on a bunch of our stuff. It's probably because I Google that <laughs> specific term a lot. So maybe it just kind of. Just guys, just think about that. Buddha Foreskin. That's, that's, the, mess, that's the image we'll leave you with from Saturday Morning Cartoons. Oh, Thanks we, for listening. What do we do? Have a happy Thanksgiving. Stay safe. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for listening to Saturday Morning Cartoons. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to transform and roll out. <laughs>